0: Welcome everyone. It is Sunday, which means it is time for Sunday Night Teacher Talk. Um, here at, you know, if you're if you're if you're looking to do this live, it's at 4 p.m. We've moved the time, but um, and our area is somewhat under construction, so it's weird. Um, feels weird to me anyway. It feels weird to be at this angle, but um we are here to help you to go into tomorrow feeling great. Now, look, um if you are if you're on spring break, I'm gonna say this maybe you want maybe you want to hang out today maybe you want to just like let this episode sit till next week or something like that because next week uh is easter sunday so we will not be on i just thought of this we will not be on because it's easter sunday and so uh we will be doing easter with the family and stuff like that so um so that's up to you if this is You know, folks ask a lot of times, they get confused as to like where this is existing from. So we stream on multiple platforms it's on LinkedIn, it's on YouTube, it's on Twitch, it's on Twitter, it's on Facebook. But you can also go to anywhere that you listen to podcasts and just type in teacher class off radio and you can check it out there too. So then that way, like if you don't want to use your Wi Fi or your whatever, like your Wi Fi is not that good or you want to download it, you can do it through there as well. but that's, I'm going to leave it there and jump into questions. All right. um, it is a slower time of the year. So if we don't have enough questions, I mean, like, look, we can, I'm can
1: we're good. We're here anything. to serve.
0: So it's like, um, you know, but we'll, we'll go like that this week.
1: All right. Are you ready for your first one? Hit it, wife. Elise is up. It's a three-parter. So hold on to your hat.
0: I, I don't have a hat on, but right. I'm holding Hold on, on to, to your seat. Hair.
1: Okay. Uh, First part asking There is a debate in my school on whether suspension is appropriate for when a student threatens physical harm towards staff. I have a student who has hit me in the recent past and threatened to do it again last week. I had to push administration to consider suspension. What are the consequences for students who threaten to hit teachers? I work at a level four, and this student is on an IEP.
0: So, Elise. Um, this is, first of all, this is a hard thing to deal with, right? So I hope, I hope that you're well, this is a very, it's a difficult thing to kind of navigate through. Um, yeah, I'll just keep it there. With regards to whether or not suspension is, is necessary, or is what should be implemented? Um, I think it depends on how schools do suspension. So at, at, when I taught in, Jersey uh I've had kids multiple times tell me they were gonna beat the living crap out of me and uh and nothing happened and that was it was like one time it was because the student was making fun of a student with special needs like and I happened to walk into the room and I saw it and then I kind of hung back for a minute because I didn't know these two students but then when I realized what was going on I called him on it said that like whatever I said the things that were like all regular teachery things and then the response was this wild blowback of like, how I'm going to get my ass beat in the parking lot after school and stuff. Um, that kid didn't get suspended, not at all. Actually, his mom got mad that I broke that I came into someone's class that I wasn't supposed to be in and said something to him. So that was a whole thing. But in Philly, that student would absolutely be suspended. Now, I will say that depending on the administration that we had, when we were at our best in West Philly the administration would have suspended that student, but then it. we don't ever suspend kids just to suspend them. Sometimes kids are only suspended for like half a day because what has to happen is sometimes in my mind and and the way we looked at it as a school, suspension gives kids a time to take a break, to like, they need a breather from the moment. You can't just roll right back into the rest of the day and in the rest of classes. And we didn't have the capacity to do in-school suspension there were no like there was no room for in-school suspension anytime we tried to do it it was just like a total disaster because it would be like a kid in the hallway doing work and then all his friends just see him and talking it's total waste of time but um you know the two best administrators i ever worked for would call home explain what happened and then for a student to get back into school. So we never set like you have a one day suspension, a three day suspension, a seven day suspension. It was whenever a parent or guardian could come to the school and then you would sit down with one of the, those administrators. So either the principal, the assistant principal, uh, the teacher that was in the situation that, that, that this happened, the student, a parent or guardian and if the student at an IEP it would be a representative. So either their caseworker or the head of the special education department or both. If it was more like there, if students talked about something else, like there was some element of self-harm or there was, it was like, we're not really sure what's happening at home. Sometimes a social worker would come in or, or a guidance counselor or something like that. So you had this team of people whose singular goal was to help figure out how we can help the child and the teacher move on and how we can prevent this from happening again. The end. It wasn't who was right, who did something and didn't do something, um, unless that was a part of figuring out like, hey, every time you do this, I start to feel this type of way and then I act out accordingly. Or I heard you say this, or I thought you did this. If it was ironing out details of the story so we can have a clear understanding of what happened with regards to why did this happen? And then what we can do to alleviate this ever happening again, or, 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 yeah, I guess you could say it that way. So that is, that's it. Suspensions don't happen. So kids are getting in trouble. This isn't, we're not dealing with kid jail here, right? No one's interested in kid jail. So we are interested in getting to the bottom of the situation and then putting practices in place to help the student do better. So that's, When I say that that has worked, I mean, when you have people in a meeting that, you know, I talk about this a lot when I talk about talking with parents and I say like, my my sole purpose as an educator is to help your students succeed. The end. Now, sometimes that looks like having to discipline someone, having to talk to someone, having to have a real talk with someone, having to call someone on their stuff, having like there are parts of that that kids don't know how to take especially if they come from a scenario where they didn't learn those social emotional pieces or they um have their own baggage or they're fighting a battle that no one knows about those sorts of things there's all kinds of stuff kids could be showing up with that teachers often are not in the know about and then that can send a kid into a spin this meeting is meant to to figure all of that out or to, to figure out next steps, not to blame anyone, not to shame anyone, not to make anyone feel bad and certainly not to make someone seem right. And someone seem wrong. Um, so that, that's kind of where I would think about that immediately, but, um, yeah, that can't happen. Um, so the, so that's just what I'm thinking about uh, in my mind. So it's, it should they be suspended? It depends.
1: All right. Are you ready for your next one? I am.
0: I hope that helped. I know it's sometimes, you know, at least like these, the questions are like, um, I kind of just wish I could like whisk to your school and help out. Like
1: they're hard to answer from here, especially without like the conversation. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh, Tim is up next saying, Hey Reynolds, first year teacher here. I gave my heart and soul into my pack of how do you say that? Pythagoreans., it's, it's a tongue twister for me. Theorem. Last last week, um, the kids enjoyed it a lot. On Friday, a few of my students poured water all over my floor. I felt super discouraged after all the time and energy that I put into my lessons. How do you stay in a mindset of still giving students your all after them being so
0: disrespectful to you? So, first of all, Tim, congratulations on putting so much into a lesson. Especially with something that my wife can't even say, let alone understand. So yeah, I think I that that's, I think it's awesome. <laughs> it's like
1: my lips don't want, and my tongue don't want to work together no, to say but that. But if one.
0: there's a lesson that needs your heart and soul put into it, you'll try
1: that one, right? will
0: bust them Pythagorean theorem in there, right? So um, just to be mindful. He, in yeah. the
1: comments later, he said he knows the few that did it, but it was the whole class who participated, like knew about it. I think only a few people participated, right. but the whole class.
0: So, that that's the first thing i was going to say is that when you say the kids did this i know it's nuance i'm not trying to nitpick but it's being mindful sometimes that it's not all right it's like it's like saying all politicians are like this or all teenagers are like this they're not and the importance for us the reason that we notice that nuance right and 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 notice that 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 language is because there are good kids in the class. Now look, you have students that if someone did it and everyone laughed, if someone did it and everyone like eventually started splashing their feet or something, there's a level and no one really likes this answer ever, but there's a level of remembering that they're kids. And so remembering that when you're dealing with kids, kids do childish stuff. Kids are not mini adults. Um, Don't forget that uh, thing. So, the it's it's being mindful of that first I think that's really important the other thing is that not all kids know like I feel like when we say that kids are kids I don't just say that because like like kids just do dumb stuff or like they just destroy things or they just like aren't serious like I'm not trying to put that on kids but does a child know what to do in a moment especially depending on how old they are that if something happened in class that like, how do they, like, what do I do right now? So last year, really great teacher had a issue where they had those things in science classrooms where like you pulled a little chain and it looks like a shower. It's I guess in case of like chemical exposure or something like that. Well, our school um, being the type of school that it is, uh, we don't have drains on the floor, right? We, when I say being the type of school that we were, the guy that like designed the school tried to save every single dime possible. So they have a shower in the middle of the classroom with it's actually right by the door with no drain underneath of it. So a kid pulls it. Teacher's in the hallway for a moment. Kid pulls the thing and there's water all over the place. Then the students leave. Well, no one wants to pull the chain up because they don't want to be the one that did like I don't want to touch it because this is what we heard from kids. I didn't want to touch it because I didn't want anyone to think that it was me. I didn't want to touch it because I wasn't sure what to do. I wasn't didn't want to touch it because I didn't know if it would go back up again. So even though those answers seem so dumb to most adults, right, that you would go, dude, are you serious? Like seriously? It is, it's teaching kids what to do and why this isn't appropriate. I will tell you this, that <clears throat> I've seen in my own kids, the way we raised our kids, I think the reason my own children, right, and I'm not trying to flex here, but maybe a little bit, my own children are so well-behaved right now, and they are just such kind and giving and loving and, and great kids is because I didn't sit on my ass when I parented them. I did the hard work of getting up uh, and not couch parenting. Couch parenting is when you go like this. When For those of you watching, your kid does something, yo, stop it. Stop. Don't. Don't touch that. Don't make me get don't make me get up right now. And you're not like looking at you don't get up and deal with the situation. You're like yelling from a seat as kids if that's what they're doing. Yeah, they know hundred mm-hmm. percent Or at least maybe they don't know in the beginning. That might have worked it one or two. Real times, quick. But they're like, oh no, you're just lazy, bro. You do mm-hmm. not do anything. So it's we have to understand that our kids are <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> oh ma'am. Um, our students are coming from all different places. So it's having that conversation and saying, hey, look, um, I am really disappointed because last week, look, I thought we had this great, I'm sorry, i starting disappointed. Listen, last week we had this great lesson. I really, it's a difficult concept. It's not something that's ever really fun. I remember learning about it when in school and, and I hated it, but I thought I would come up with something dynamic. Can we agree? Like, did everyone like that lesson last night or at least didn't suck completely, right? Like it wasn't the worst thing that happened that day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was a great lesson. We loved it. We loved it. So imagine, how would you feel if that happened? And then the next thing you know, students are pouring water all over your classroom. It looks like by and large, the entire class with maybe a few exceptions are engaging in this activity. And then, so I go from this, I, from this feeling of like, man, I'm so, of like we're in this together. This is our classroom doing this work and we're working together and having such a great time. And then what was that met with? The, it was met with you destroying my classroom, making a giant mess. And, and and so how would you feel if that happened to you? And so let's talk about what could we have done, even though I know that only a couple people maybe did it. How could everyone else have reacted in that moment to let me know that the, or, or to stop it or to stand up against it or do like it's walking kids through those steps And I think that's going to get you the better ROI and it's going to be you having a real conversation, not a, and the reason I stopped myself before is you don't want to go in and say, listen, before we get started, I want you all to know that I'm very, very disappointed in you, right? That's like, everyone's had that teacher. You're going to meet it at a different place of, yo, I loved this last week and it was so great, but man, it was diminished by when this happened, like what the hell happened? And so maybe even having that conversation of like, what happened? Like, this is like, you all are great. How do we go from great to to hate so fast, right? And really listening, not cutting kids off and and having this sort of like, not it doesn't have to be a lecture or something long. It's just understanding and saying, going forward, look, I want to have the greatest classroom of the year, but I can't do that if this is like this. One, it shows me that you can't handle it. And two, it just makes me not want to do it because like, this is what's happening. So I'm going to need some help going forward. And so can we agree to try and have the greatest math class of all time going forward and finishing out this year like strong? And then if they agree to that and say yes, you take them at their word. You're not like looking for clues or is this going to go wrong again? Maybe in the back of your head, but kids have to think that if they said it, you agree, set it and forget it, man. It's And it's game on for the rest of the year. Tim, this stuff's going to happen sometimes too, man. Uh, like, I, I was years and years and years in to my having a class, and there was a different teacher having a study hall in my room, and kids broke Pop Tarts. All over. they took Pop Tart containers or bags, those little packages that they come in, and were smacking them against the desks, and Pop Tart was everywhere. And I was so pissed. And I did handle that a different way, but like, man, that is, I understand where you're coming from with that. It can be very, very aggravating. Mm.
1: All right. Nassim is up next asking, when will you teach us how to create a platform like yours since you shared with us that you're working on that project?
0: Um, So I get, what I think you're talking about Nassim is like doing like YouTube and and podcasts and stuff like that. So if Nassim
1: really, let me, let me help CJ out by answering this, gosh, we're creating and working on so many things all at one time and then trying to parent like we parent where our children are, our children are first. Um, I think it's, it takes a lot of time and diligence to balance all that we're doing. And so we, yeah. it just kind of comes out a little bit slow because we're only just the, really, we're a really tiny team and we're still kind of working that out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like so, we're working
1: on multiple things all at once, just really solely you and I really. Cause we
0: haven't even been doing just this for a year yet. No. Right? So, um, my hope, Nassim, was going to be like sometime in the fall to begin to have that conversation. But it's also like dependent upon like what is the interest behind that, too. Like, I just think that what I would love to do is teach teachers. So I'll say, I'll say it this way. And I'm going to keep this real brief because I know that this is not necessarily like I could go down a rabbit hole is what I'm saying. We're not here um, to talk
1: about this is what you're saying. Well, No, we
0: are <laughs> here to talk about this because we're here to talk about whatever everyone wants to talk about. but That's um, true. But it's like, I you know how excited I get about this. Stuff. It's hard oh, to turn off. So the short of it is, I know folks that are in this space that are making. And I'm, let me break it down for you like this: that are doing business with with huge companies that have a YouTube channel or an Instagram account or TikTok, and they are settling for five hundred dollars for a job. And I'm, when I hear, when I know, and I'm not talking about me, I'm talking about, I know someone, I know who they are, what they're about. I know their attachment, their connection to their community. I know what their numbers are. And I'm looking at that person and saying, you could get well, well, well more than that. I want to help people do that. And I think that in this time in education, that folks that have some, some aspect of education figured out should be sharing their story sharing how they do stuff because what in fact is that they're ordinary somebody else is somebody else's extraordinary and so if we can empower educators to go do that then you're also going to make more money than you're going to do probably working at like a regular like after hours nine to five kind of a gig um and for creative types and people that are like it's not for everyone right it's for people that can see themselves doing something like this It is helping folks to to also
1: bridge, I think, teachers, especially in this space that want to do this and teach them how to actually do it in the business space. Because what teachers do in teacher world doesn't translate into business business prices. And I think that's the difference. That's the difference of what we've seen with even other folks who are in this space with us. It's like. CJ just has really, really learned great how to be a great business person on the back end side of yes. this stuff. Um, and yeah, that's we look forward to doing that. But we have many things that we're building right now all at the same time. Yeah. And I think that's But if I was... knew
0: there was more interest for that, it would become a different conversation. Oh,
1: there you go. So yeah. if you're interested, let them know. All right. So Mallory is up next. Uh, we have a two parter. She's asking, how do you handle a teacher on your team that?" instigates conflicts with students this is our department head he's very argumentative and escalates situations with students it's hurting interest for our program because none of his kids or none of the kids like him none of the other teachers on our team thinks this is an issue so does he think that he's like i want I'm- question would yeah, be like yeah. i wonder if he thinks like you know how some people think that they're connecting with kids and it's like they're really not like they think they're joking with kids and like busting balls or like you know just maybe connecting but kids are like more offended by it? i don't know
0: no that my, like you try too hard i've seen that happen before i know those teachers that yeah. like think they're funny or think they're trying to be down and the kids are just like no you just sound like a jerk right right um my sense is that that's not the case here that it's someone who's just kind of mean. And I think that is, you know, Mallory, one of the things you'll see as you get older and older, and my, you know, this is one of the things we notice is there are people that put work into themselves into their own person and people that don't. And so when you get to be 50, there are 50 year olds that act like 15 year olds, and there's 50 year olds that act, you know, like they're Gandalf and they're wise and they know stuff and they've put the time and effort into knowing themselves. And so Mm. when we see sort of childish behavior and I'm going to call it what it is, I'm not just name, I'm not just like trying to like uh, sugarcoat it. No, like I'm not trying to call it like call someone names or something. But when you act immature, that's an immature act, right? To like instigate stuff with kids, to push kids buttons. It's like, it's so childish. That's because you're a childish adult and you haven't learned and grown into or started figuring out what it might mean to be an actual adult, meaning someone who has processed their trauma, processed their pain, worked through some of their stuff, become a better human being, um, a more, I don't want to say advanced, but like like a more mature human being. And so that takes a lot of work. And so what we do instead is look at like the things like the good old days, or this is how kids should act. And like, I'm not going to take that from them. It's like, dude, slow your roll are we here for kids? Or are we here for you? And so you have to do the work to become better. So Mallory, I think if, if this was my situation, I think it's always comes down to having difficult conversations. Even if this person does not change, even if they don't like you for it, even if they get aggravated and they're like, can you believe, can you believe Garrett trying to come at me and, uh, and say this, that I do this. It's like, even with all that crap that could happen, it is our job to do what is right and in the best interest of children. And so sometimes that is, hey, listen, I've been, I feel like, you know, one of the things I'm noticing is this is how you're instigating kids. This is how you're pushing kids buttons. I'm just wondering if one, am I seeing this or not seeing this? And two, are you all right? Like, is everything okay? I just wanted to make sure that something else wasn't happening that you were feeling or going through right so we're not even starting with blame it's identifying what we see it's being curious about why this is happening or is this happening and just like we do with students and then rolling that into well i you know if they if they depending on how they take that it's i don't think that this is in the best interest of students when you do this this or this um at least it's there right at least it's happening i might before i have a conversation go to the powers that be, because it might not be my place, because I'm going to a higher up. So for thinking of hierarchies um, and look, and people might not really think about this or whatever. There is like, there's a good chance I would just go to someone, uh, but that's also because I worked with people that were really inexperienced. And most of the folks i worked with were much younger than I am. Um, and so I felt like I could do that, but it is, maybe going to your principal, your vice principal, someone of that nature, whoever oversees that individual and saying, look, this is some of the stuff I'm seeing. Um, I think it needs to be addressed and this is why, and maybe letting them have that conversation. But I'll tell you what, not all administrators are, are there. So I would look at, there have been administrators I would trust with that assignment and there's administrators I've had where I'm like, dude, you're just gonna screw it up. I'm just gonna go have the conversation myself anyway. And so I would feel that out. And if there is anyone else, Mallory, that you know, agrees with you, it might just be good to kind of get some of their feedback. Um, And then I would practice that conversation and I would implement it and just say, hey, look, this is what I'm noticing. And I'm wondering if anything's going on or if you're okay, because this sort of behavior seems like the opposite of of what we're trying to do as a school so that we can not only get more students, but like keep those students and, and have those students be successful and things of that nature.
1: All right. Nassim is up next again, asking, what are your thoughts on the Nashville school shooting? I feel like this happens, this happening every year is exhausting. Wanted your thoughts uh, in how to prevent this.
0: So Nassim, I think, you know, I, I rarely, I used to speak on a lot of kind of like hot button topics and I don't, I don't do it anymore. Um, Cause I feel like there's enough language out there and enough stuff about that. Maybe that's wrong. Maybe I should say something. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, it is something I pray about regularly, but I'm not certain, you know, I think there's a lot of things at play here. You know, it's, I don't know. I think that, is it a gun control issue? I'm not, I am, that might be easier answer than, than I think it is, but I'm not, um, I feel like that's the constant conversation. I think this is more of a, it's a social emotional. it's a, it's a mental health issue also. And I, and I think that, you know, Nassim, you can look at your school and figure out in a, in a quick moment, um, which kids are not, are, they're not stable are They don't have the, the social emotional component as like, they're not, they might have like need therapy they might need life counseling they might need just someone to talk to like a like a big brothers big sisters kind of a club like some sort of mentor but when we're not meeting the needs of those students um things get like and and that is left unchecked in perpetuity then you get folks that are that are going to hurt other people and that is does that mean everyone becomes a school shooter no of course not but like does that mean how are they going to treat their coworkers, their neighbors, their ch- own children? And so, when we really step back and start looking at things like this, I think that it really has to. I, I, one of the things, one is of course making sure that our schools are safe. they that, that they're not easily accessible. That you can't just pop in. That you can, like. There's we're making it a little bit. It. it, it just, it's a safer environment physically, but I think it should be paused for us to look at our schools and seeing, are we taking care of kids needs? Now, look, there are a lot of schools that don't think we should be doing this, right? That think that social emotional is like, you're trying to indoctrinate someone's kids. I'm just, I'm just trying to care for kids. I'm trying to look at who you are and where you're at and just make sure that you know how to deescalate yourself when you're going into a situation that you are dealing with any sort of past trauma so that you are not getting, you're not, you know, uh, when I'm, my therapist friends puts it like, um, when you have a wound, but then you're bleeding all over everyone else. Right. And so being mindful and giving kids practical tips on how to do that, on what to do. If you're feeling overwhelmed, you worry too much, you have a high rate of anxiety, you're depressed all the time. Because if we even look at like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if we're not meeting those lower level, like bottom bargain basement needs that students have, how are we ever supposed to get to the other piece? Now, look, there's also teachers that would tell you that they didn't come here for that. They came here to teach English. They came here to teach math and rightfully so, right? Maybe that is what you did. Mm-hmm. But then as a school, as an institution, we need to make sure that those pieces are there because we can hope that they're getting it at home or at church or wherever else that they they might be connecting in. Um, but we don't know. Now, I think there's a limit to this because I think teachers are given too much to do as well. So like a couple of years ago, some some washer and dryer company had a commercial where it was like, oh, man, like, look, now you can wash your students clothes if they come in and they're dirty. And it's like, "Yo, I'm not about to start doing laundry for kids. That's just where I stand. But I but I also do understand what are we doing when kids come to school and they're dirty? Can we have a program? Can we have something set aside? I do not have the capacity as an educator who's doing the amount of stuff that I'm doing to go wash laundry also in a given day. But can we figure out a way that students are having those needs met? I think we can. I think a country that is the richest, you know, in the United States, richest country in the history of the world, um, we can figure out how to do better for our young people. When we do better for our young people, then guess what? Ultimately, they become the adults of the country and then they're doing the right thing as well. And so I think that that's that's at least needs to be a part of the conversation.
1: Man, that's so hard. I just think social and emotional is so important. And it's like, you're right. It's not about indoctrinating like your beliefs. It's like, Mr. I was thinking of Mr. Rogers when you were talking about that. It's like, no, what do you do with the mad that you feel? It's like teaching kids just how to deal with your emotions, what they are. It's like recognizing that like all the kids that are in school, man, they're still kids and they still need a level of like, I don't want to say parenting because you're not you shouldn't be parenting, but it's like but everybody needs that care. That's like basic human care. Right. We all need to care and learn how to like handle our emotions. And I think we see what happens in our world when we don't have a lot of adults. Like you said, you get to 50 and you're. You don't know how to handle your emotions. This is why we have or you
0: handle your crazy
1: road rage. You have people that ways, right, right like get out of their car and scream because someone cut yep. them off instead of being able to like control yourself, right? Yep.
0: Or you're drinking too much, or you're right smoking weed all day just to cope, or you're taking pills or whatever, right? You're eating compulsively. It has all these other unhealthy ways that right. it comes out as well. But we so, never
1: like to look at the social and emotional aspect yeah. and it's like, no, it's so important to start with kids yeah. when they're young. And, and if, we...
0: and if schools don't want to be a part of that solution, then that st- it still needs to be a solution. So what are we doing? But that's schools where life happens. Right. So we need to, and they spend deal so the much time that,
1: that is there. And then you're so busy on the, yep. yeah, it's, it,
0: it, if you Think think about that, right? Like it kids trickles spend down and more
1: many, many things. awake
0: hours in school than they do with their own families or at home.
1: I know. And then you come home. Not counting you, sleep, right? Then if you do a sport or if you're like yeah. anything else other than school, just homework, if you get a lot of homework at your school. Yeah. Like, yeah. So
0: even tough. in these issues, I think the last thing I would say to see is like making sure that we're talking to our young people in school about when something like this happens. Like, how are you feeling? Not, not trying to, we're not trying to download them with information. It's just giving them a safe space to, to discuss, like, how does that make you feel? What are you thinking about? Um,
1: I think that's so important because I think in a society, we're such a busy culture yeah. and society. It's like, I think we don't take enough well, time. And you know to what? Like Babe, in two weeks, and think- no
0: one's going to be talking about this anymore. No, they won't. Right? No, it's going to be on to the next thing. And you think of how many school shootings have happened. And then it is people get on with life. The news cycle flips so quickly that we, the sad part of this is that no one's going to be talking about this in two weeks. Yep. And so what are we going to do? So I think as educators, we have to take the but, time that it is now and start implementing these things and having these conversations and letting our kids slow down, put the pause button. That's what I was just going to
1: say. It's like all the, the more reason to even create the space, have the conversation, ask people how, what they're thinking and feeling because it moves so fast because yep. we, we don't, our culture moves so fast yep. and info moves so fast. We don't ever create a space to be able to do that. And do you if, know, we don't, year, if we don't do that in our society is to me, it is just so clear that that is one of the things that will it takes people down when it catches up with you at some point in your life, yes. like whether you're an adult or it's happening now as a teen and a child and you're figuring it yeah. out. But boy,
0: another piece of that conversation, I'm sorry I cut you off earlier, okay. but um, is this idea of like, we teachers that aren't allowed to talk about this stuff. I was told yeah. last year that something, some stuff happened and we, that we were told do not talk to the students. Oh, about I it. remember bro. Guess how long I listened to that piece of, of direction, uh, well, was negative just, it, seconds. It was like leaving As their lips soon and as that they said it, it, I was just like, "There's no way." It was the first thing I did when I went to the classroom was talk about it.
1: Yeah. Um, okay. Nasim has a file. Follow- He's next. Yeah, do it. Next in line again. Uh, he says, "If you're looking for asking, if you're looking uh, for a transfer school, if admin asks why you wanted to leave, what would be the best answer?"
0: I think it's it's whatever is the truth. Um, you know. Sometimes I don't feel like having the honest conversation with certain people. There were people last year when I left my school that asked me why I was leaving. People in administration says it's to
1: get a job at the other school. That was a
0: okay. well. So like for me, it was it was when the assistant principal asked me. I had so little respect for the assistant principal, especially with regards to how she treated students mm-hmm. and, and undermined the underhanded things that were happening. Um, I didn't want to have that conversation, so I just just like skirted around it. When I was asked by other administration, I told them point blank, like exactly what was happening and exactly how I was feeling and exactly why, even if I wasn't like, I would never return to this classroom, um, even if I was going to return to the classroom again, no matter what. And so I think it's having that honest conversation because look, Nassim, if you're leaving, if you are leaving a school, for anyone that's leaving a school to go to somewhere they think is better, Um, it's having a conversation around like, look, I just don't think this school is a good fit for me anymore. I look at what's happening at this other institution. And I think that my values and my, my ideals and the work that I want to do is better aligned with this specific space. Um, and I don't know that being here anymore is really, uh, I, or not, not that I don't think it's, it is become quite apparent to me that like, this is not the place for me anymore. Um, because People are only gonna learn if we want, like I didn't leave my school hoping that it would like burn to the ground or like they would whatever. Uh I didn't want to like I didn't I took no no joy in seeing like how bad things have even gotten this year and hearing from friends of mine that still are there, the students that are still there and like how things are. I take no joy in that. I only want what's best for students, but how are how is that school expected to get better unless I'm just gonna keep it real with them? And so I have to be able to communicate in verbally. And then I did written to the board. I sent it to the principal, the CEO. Like I sent it to the the gamut, man. People knew why I was leaving. And in hopes that this is a moment in time where you might be able to check yourself, have some important conversations and then grow from this experience.
1: Okay, so kind of a follow up to that. What are the best um, questions to ask in an interview to learn about the school and admin to see if it's a good fit?
0: Well, I mean, that's.
1: I think it's more about you doing your due diligence before you go into the interview. I think that's part of it. And then ask probing questions. And then
0: asking about the things that they bring up, right? So it's like, do we believe in teacher autonomy? What does that look like? Do we believe that in um, supporting our teachers? What does that look like? So what I always want to know is, one, how do you in this? uh, One of the things I'd ask Nassim is like, in this time of unbelievable Amounts of teachers leaving the the, uh, the building, like leaving the education, leaving the classroom. Uh, I don't know how that was, why it was so difficult for me to get out. Um, what are you all doing to work against that to help teachers to want to stay here, right? That's part of it. How do you teach the whole child? How are you looking at teaching the whole child? Like, wh- how are we looking at teaching social, emotional care? Um, making sure kids are met where they are so they can get where they need to be. Uh, how are we, what kind of work do we do to identify st- problems like or like deficits that students might have? And then what, what do we have in place to ensure that those students are going to grow from there to be who they need to be when they graduate? Um, how, like, how does the school view teacher autonomy? That's something that's incredibly important as like such a creative teacher of always trying to, out what my students are interested in and how am I going to use that in the classroom and how am I going to like connect all these different pieces like how does the school view that how do they view things like trips how do they view things like guests how do they view things um you know like teacher time like how many how many responsibilities are teachers given so am I expected to do bus duty and then teach am I teaching five classes or six classes out of an eight period day am I then put on lunch duty like what like do i have to cover classes do we do substitutes what time is mine and then because i need to figure out how i'm going to allocate that and use that for students and and so i need to know how much responsibility i am going to be required to give to the school knowing full well that i'm not trying to get out of work i'm just trying to do the work i'm trying to stay simple and deep instead of wide and complex so that's some of the stuff that i would be curious about knowing.
1: All right. And the last question, I think in all seems questions is asking, do you miss teaching in the classroom? How have you coped with this and wanting to go back?
0: I went back to my school. I think I told this story recently, uh, several weeks ago, I immediately realized that like, it was very evident to me that I should not be in that school anymore. Like it was, it was like kids just the the state of the school was in, in such a, place that I was like, man, this is, I'm glad I got out of this building while well, I was earlier on fire. Um, I miss my students incredibly. I miss certain aspects of, te- I miss the teaching part. I don't miss the paperwork and all the nonsense and the stupid meetings and all that crap. Um, but I do miss that interaction. I miss that creativity piece of like coming up with stuff and, and watching kids like light up when they get something or feeling like they've grown or that you were there being able to talk to them. But I will say, Nasim, that I have I have the the great honor of getting calls regularly from former students that still need that sort of life advice. I have students that are now educators or professionals in other respects in the world that I constantly make phone calls. Um, you know, constantly enough meeting up with students, and and so that that bucket gets filled pretty easily. And then the work that I'm doing is what what people don't see online is that I'm constantly talking to educators, talking to other influencers, and helping people navigate things in their classrooms, uh, and being able to use all that I've learned to help people be who they are called to be. And that is it's a, that's a new thing for me, but it is intensely gratifying. And so that because you just feel like you're helping someone to help even more kids. And so in a day, instead of just helping my hundred, I feel like I could literally be affecting more like hundreds and hundreds of students in a day by helping to put out the content that we're putting out and and talking to the people that we talk to. So yeah. Um, but that that's where I am now. And, and going back, I mean, going back to a school, no, like, I don't, I don't feel that, call on my life right now. I feel like, as I've said before, like this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing um, for the foreseeable future. I have no idea where where this road heads. I can't see that far ahead. Um, but right now, as, as far as I can tell, like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And, and, um, and although that is incredibly difficult in ways that I can't even communicate right now, um, but it'll be in the book that happens after I pull this off. It is, uh, it is no doubt I take such solace in the fact that, like, no, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, right? So, yeah. it's that's what it feels like.
1: All right. Steph shook us up, uh, with a two-parter asking, I will likely be returning after spring break. How, to, how can I come back strong with a month left before state tests and two months before the end of school? Physical stamina will not be there. And I know. Sensory overload will be a thing. The practice test my co teacher gave this week was awful.
0: <laughs> so, Aww. Steph, I think um, it's starting at the end. What do you? What would you like? If this went well, what would it look like? And I think that this is not. This is a question that we don't ask ourselves as educators enough. Go ahead. I
1: actually think that. Steph, uh-huh. I would suggest that what, you. Let me just say, whenever
0: Steph has a question, you always have the opposite opinion.
1: I I don't have the opposite. I just want to say the other that week you told because me no, that but because even make she sense. had because she had like was out for like an like a health related issue, like her leg or mm-hmm. something. I can't I can't keep up with everything, Steph. I'm sorry, but I know it was her leg and she had surgery or some, something like that. I think when you come back, I think. Honestly, I think it would be shifting your expectations from what it usually looks like for you to what the new, what your new end of year is going to look like. If you have three months, like you're saying, and you've got the state testing and you've got the end of school year, it's like what you normally would do when you're in full 100% health and capacity is different. So I would start with that, like shift your expectation one before you do anything to go into your planning is because you are not the same person that you were. You're going in, you know, still healing, still going at not full capacity possibly. So, and I just think shift your expectations with all of that. So
0: to that end, I think then looking at the end of the school year, given who you are and what you can bring right now, figuring out what would this look like? So how much Agreed. work? I just I wanted to make story? sure it
1: was like through the lens of like, yeah. you're not the same you, you're not at the same capacity yep. that you are possibly last year. Yeah, that you so are this
0: version year. of you, right? what is this? So what do you look like as a happy and healthy individual at the end of the school year? So meaning how much time can I give the school? How much time outside of school can I give to school? How much, where do I want my students to be? What kind of grades would be acceptable? What would I feel good with, with students walking away? Um, you know, what does that time look like? Now I'm, I'm, I've been at home now and, and injured, I'm going back to school, but I still need to be able to show, I, I am in the last several years, I have been of the mind where like, I am not allowed to give 100% at school and then come home and give anything less to my children, to my own like children that I made. So that's difficult. But it's not about doing more. It's about doing things differently. And so starting to look at like small shifts I can make, right? So for me, part of it was exercise. Part of it was um, what I ate and how much I ate. Some of it was the amount of sleep and the quality of the sleep that I was getting. So it was like simple little shifts like that um, so that I could get better at Playing both sides, like being great in school and being great at home, and not having to sacrifice one for the other, but having this kind of more of a harmonious existence, that is what I'm constantly trying to figure out. But that never. But what I don't want to do is put too much on me. So if if it's like this, Steph, if like right now in your in the state that you're in, if you used to be able to bench press 100 pounds and now you can bench press 35, don't put 50 on there. Don't even put 65 on there and go. But it's but I have to, but no, you don't do what you can do. And then as you increase, so will everything else that you do increase. And that's how I would run it. And don't let anybody tell you different or force, make you trying to force you into doing anything for any reason. Um, you're, you're, you're more important than that. And so I would live like in that, like, Nope, this is how I'm doing this right now. Because
1: doing that's just going to hurt yourself. It is right. And, and you're, you're worthy of not yeah. hurting and, yourself and you want to be like able to that. go
0: into the summer. I think the yeah. best you can, the worst thing a teacher could do is like go into any break feeling like they just, Depleted. I picture that when Kevin Costner shot that Buffalo in silence of the lambs and it like skids out on the ground at his feet. Right. You remember this? No, That's why, th- that's what teachers look like when they go in the summer break, They're just so dead in the water. They just like fall right on the ground. And it's like,
1: no, find you that wanna, meme
0: and put it on Instagram. Yeah, you know, it's clearly <laughs> a meme. Plus, it's you know, killing a buffalo, but um <laughs> watch a lot of Yellowstone So uh it's it's wanting to go into these situations the best that we can so that we are not having this long blown out like yeah recovery process from education. Well, nobody right
1: should now. be like damaging themselves in, in no. order to serve others Zero. because you just can't serve the people that you need to serve no. when you do that. that.
0: I'm not a martyr, I'm no. not interested in being a martyr
1: uh which is great cuz we're going to get to a couple questions in here i we have 10 minutes i'm hoping we can get let's to them let's do it uh drift, drifts to i don't know some drift gaming i think that's what yeah, it is yeah I, so. yeah I did it okay uh is asking how to deal with the criticism from other teachers i have other music teachers constantly watching me and judging the way i do things
0: so it depends on how you're doing things right like if you're not, not i'm not just saying you but i'm saying anyone i have to be real mindful that what I'm doing is actually good and it's actually in the service of the students and in the community and with which I am teaching in. If that is not the case and someone calls me on it. Right. If someone says, I don't know if you should be doing this or have you thought about doing it this way? I have to be open to that, um, to at least listen to it, because there have been times and I've done that. I've done this where I thought I was like killing the game. And then someone came in and they were like, do you realize that what you're doing is actually having, going to potentially have the opposite effect? Or So it was like, oh, damn. All right. All right. You're right. So um, one of those was not I didn't let kids like I would never let kids retake stuff. So if you failed something, I would never allow you to retake it. And then I had a conversation with someone and we talked about the science behind it. And it was like, oh, no, I should allow students to retake things, um, but only to a certain point. Point right. I'm not going to be like three weeks later, you can friggin' come back and and make up a test or or a quiz or something. But if you didn't do well, there are reasons that you may not have done well. And so here I'm gonna give you three more days to come in on your own time to retake this. And that had an X the kids, it shifted grades so much. But it was because someone came to me and talked to me about the way that I was rolling things out. Now I've been on the other side of this too, where I know that what I'm doing, quite frankly, makes you feel bad. It makes you, it makes you look at yourself and think you're not enough. And that is never the reason I'm doing anything. I'm never doing what I'm doing to be teacher of the year, to be teacher of like the kid's favorite. Um, I, it's, it's not interesting to me at all. Do I like when kids like my class? Yes. Do I like when kids like me? Yes. Do I like when kids tell people that they like me? Yeah. It makes me feel good. I'm a human being and I love love. And so like, I, so I, I love getting that kind of positive feedback. Um, but what I found is that if I bring in a DJ, if we go on a super cool trip, if we are the talk of the school because we did something in class today, if we're outside doing something, and I'm sorry, but your students weren't paying attention and start looking out the window and start watching our class and what we were doing. We were in West Philly. There's only so much grass to do an activity on. So this is where we're doing it. Um, I get that too. What I do is... It's about having conversations with people. It's One, it's inviting people into your awesome. Hey, listen, um, you know, Teresa down the hall is always mad when you're doing stuff. Teresa, we're doing this really great thing. I have this really wonderful speaker that's coming in to speak to the students today. I would love, I think you would really enjoy um, stopping by. Like you just pop your head in real quick. Um, And then it's just being loving to people and making sure that I'm not trying to just be cool so i have to, i constantly love on people all the time because i just want them i want them to feel like a part of the community outside of that when i've done those things i cannot do anything about how you're feeling that what i'm doing is about your feelings are about you they are not about me they're about you feeling inadequate or whatever that's stuff you got to process and you have to deal with so i just keep being awesome for kids and then constantly inviting people into it affirming Then when I see it, having words of encouragement, saying hello to people, like all the nice gestures that I do to everyone else, I do it to those folks as well. And because I'm trying to, like, my hope is that eventually you'll see the proof that I am really trying to be a part of a community here and not just be like top dog or something like that.
1: All right. Our next question comes from Summer Hayward. Summer's asking, how do you protect yourself from the teacher guilt of putting yourself first? I'm torn between pulling back at school for my mental health and seeing gaps of needs for kids. I feel selfish.
0: So Summer, if you ask yourself this question, if I put all of my time and effort, all of it, not, um, does someone live on a farm?
1: Mm-hmm. I'm thinking
0: of someone else, right? Yeah, I'm not, she's
1: got like pigs and chickens. I'm going to and-
0: close down the farm. I'm going to move into a one-bedroom apartment uh, by myself. I'm going to get rid of all of my friends. All and I realize this is ridiculous, but this is the question I want you to think about. I get rid of all my friends, all of my anything else that would take up any time and attention. I just pour all that time and attention into my students. Would your students do, in, great and live the life of their dreams? And the answer is no, right? Like no matter like there's just only so much we can give. Before what, before we're at our, before our best starts to decline, right? You can't like, if you give too much, you're just naturally going to decline, right? And so if you need to, to pour into you to be your best, then that's what you should do because that, because you at a diminished capacity, pouring more and more and more and more and more and more more into kids, it's not, you're not even getting, so here's my point. You at 11, right, we're going spinal tap here. You at 11 pouring in the kids for shorter amounts of time is going to have more of a, of a better and, and positive effect than a diminished version of you on like four, five, or six, trying to push more time into it. It's like, just don't do that. So just, I I think, how do I deal with the teacher guilt? One, I have to have a conversation with myself. Um, I can journal about it. I can pray about it. I can meditate about it. I can have self-talk that tells me, no, this is, this is better. This is what I should be doing. You have to train Um,
1: yourself because the the teacher guilt, I feel like is, we can call it teacher guilt, parent guilt, self guilt. Like there's There's tons of guilt to go around, right? There's enough of it for everybody, for all of us to put on ourselves constantly in everything that we do. It is literally the thing that you have to talk yourself out of. It doesn't go away unless you do that.
0: I would say a real simple way to do that that I've done with a number of different things is, um, what are the positives and negatives of this? So if I put the kids first and myself second, what are the positives that will come out of that? And write a list. And then what are the negatives that are going to come out of that? And then flip that. What if I pour into myself and I have less time to pour into the students? What are the positives that come out of that? And what are the negatives that come out of that? And that sometimes putting that down on a piece of paper uh, or even just typing it into a document is going to make it really evident to you which side you're supposed to be on. And it just helps you to remember that stuff. And then we have to make putting ourselves first seem it's like something that's actually fun. It's something that's actually get it. It is filling us back up right not just giving you a place to like it's not just netflix and chill it is doing things that fill you up that make you feel good that make you feel excited that make you feel better um and i think that it doesn't take that long to get back to a better version of you where you can kind of like keep being the teacher that you want to be right it's those it's those small shifts what is it what did i say small tweaks lead to giant peaks
1: no <laughs> like thing. you don't know what you say no, I'm you, if you know what oh. i say um i want to say she also mentioned in the comments like it's there's also like a level of like a little bit of angst against like the slacker teachers who don't to like go to like reach those like yeah. fill in the gaps like they're okay with just like meh like leaving it there and she's like feels the need to like also fill up all those gaps even though her mental health is like deteriorating
0: sure. and the question the, the
1: I just think it's Here's never ending in thing school there
0: though. But yeah, but babe, you know this, like if you're summer Hayward, you're not those other teachers. You're summer Hayward. Yeah. So I don't care what those people need. It's like, some people tell me like, no, dude, I bro. And they're like, Oh, they, people get high and mighty about certain things. And they're like, dude, I sleep like five hours a night. and then I just go hard all day, bro. What, what the older I've gotten, the more sleep I need. Right. So like I'm realizing I'm now at like seven and a half. I might be an eight hour person, which I really don't want to be, but, uh, cause it's like taking up my time. But, um, but I, when I sleep seven and a half hours man, I feel so good as opposed to multiple weeks of not sleep, of sleeping six hours in, a night, um, I'm just better at it. I'm better when I don't drink. I'm better when I take all my multivitamins and I go to the gym and all, all this crap. Like it is, I'm just better. I'm not you. I'm trying to be the best version of me. I'm not trying to be the best version of everybody else. And so, folks that like to flex with that stuff, it's like, that's great. No one I go, that's so awesome for you. That's so great for you. But guess what? I don't, you, you are, maybe you're, uh, I don't know. Like, I think of it like this summer. If I'm a Range Rover and you're a Honda Accord, your Honda Accord could ride like that. My my Range Rover doesn't ride like that, right? Uh, or maybe I'm, or maybe I'm old. Maybe I'm an old Volkswagen bus. Whatever it is, it's this thing needs this kind of oil, this kind of gasoline, this like this kind of maintenance that's i'm working me i'm not working at anybody else no so she's that's,
1: she's talking about the people who don't even want to go a little bit above and beyond oh, like oh. more curmudgeoning teachers that don't want to fill in the slack they don't want to be partners oh. in the school they don't want to do better for students so they don't like they don't give of themselves at all and yeah. she's wants all of those things for her school community and the the yeah. student. so she'll like kill
0: herself so let me tell you why those people don't do that here's my here's my hypothesis those folks that that give less than a hundred percent um they have there's something that's holding them back they either are afraid to do it I'll tell you what they're afraid they, they don't have the confidence to do it they've gotten hurt before and they and they didn't bounce back they didn't deal with that trauma with that hurt with that problem that happened in the past they don't trust um they like there's all these things that made them into that version of themselves. I don't think anyone wants to live there, right? Like it's just hard to be that great version of you, the best version of you. It is difficult to show up to do that every single day. But I will tell you this summer and I can see, I can feel it in myself when I'm even doing all this business stuff now. There are days when I feel like, man, if I don't take a breath, if I don't make sure that I'm doing the things that I need to do to fill me up, I am less than for it. So I'd rather take, I'd rather be running the race and take a break when I need it. than have to run later with like shin splints or something Mm -hmm. like that's going to get worse over time. Stop, take a breath, heal yourself and then go back into the work as full tilt as ever. Um, And I, and I promise you, you will not, it's, it is worth worth the effort.
1: All right, let's get a few more in there because there's a couple uh, do it, love Coretta. I don't want to leave her hanging. Um, asking, what do you do? Uh what do you what do you do when a coworker makes you not want to come to work? They have turned teachers on me because I go above and beyond for my students. See,
0: this is the same thing. So I love this question, Coretta, and this is why. I I am not the best <laughs> Wait, teacher. Let me just let's, yeah, let's see this
1: follow-up. It's kind of funny. Uh, how do you learn how to tell someone off professionally who makes your work life harder? I'm the type that is quiet until I'm not and then I go off not proud. But at that point, I don't care.
0: Oh, I don't know anything about that. Uh, oh, no. yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I do the got same you on thing. that. <laughs> I do the same thing. Um, it is Hmm. I think I'm trying to think of a, this metaphor might not really work. If you have a tea kettle and it just keeps whistling, right? But we can't turn off the heat. How do we stop it from whistling? You got to open the little flap at the top, right? There has to be an exhaust for that, for you to let off that steam, for you to, 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 to get that out. Um, and then you don't do it by snapping on on your school, I snapped last year on an administrator. I snapped on my principal. Um, I'm not proud of it. it was not it was not a good moment. Um, but I got into that point. student almost got hurt. I thing I've told this story before student almost got very hurt two students. Um, the principal didn't do what he said he was gonna do and I got I just went from bliss to piss in, in, in no time. So the way that I deal with that is I have to have those conversations. I try and have conversations with people in practice before I have them in, in actuality. Um, I try to, for me, exercise helps greatly meditating, helps greatly, um, envisioning, like meditating through what this conversation is going to look like at its best and uh, a practice that the Stoics used called fear setting, doing it, what it will look like if it's at its worst. So this is a lot of work, but I realize who I am and I realize what I have to work through. So sometimes what I got to do is a lot of work, right? Um, But how do we deal with coworkers that make you not want to come to work? Um, I think I'll be honest with you. And I rarely go this route to the like, you'll see what I'm going to say. I would go to human resources department. I would really have a conversation with someone and and say, this is what's happening in school. And I don't feel it's making me not want to come to school. And I don't feel safe. I think that's part of it. This might be a really good question for a therapist as well to figure out how you can find some things that are gonna help you work through that. Um, because the other thing is, Coretta, and this this is the part that has to motivate you. You became a teacher, I can tell, right? Just from the way that you're speaking here. Um, because you go above and beyond for your students. You are the teacher that goes above and beyond for your students, right? What is happening is... If this person gets to you, you don't go above and beyond for your students any longer. And then who hurts? The students, the very people that we came to work for. So what we have to do is do whatever is necessary to help us to show up as the best version of ourselves. So we can show up and be the best version of ourselves to help our kids be the best version of themselves. If we don't show up that way, our kids get a lesser experience and then could potentially like, know they're not going to get what they deserve and what they need. So we have to be able to learn how to have these difficult conversations with ourselves and with others so that we can show up and do this good work. And so I would go to human resources because this is a human resources issue. This is what's happening. There's like some kind of bullying or there's some kind of bullshit that's happening. Call them on it. I would talk to my principal if necessary. Um, but it's putting some of these things in place. And if someone finds out that you did it, right, if they find out that you went to human resources or went to the principal, we're not kids. This isn't like you're not a tattletale or a rat. Bro, am you're doing important stuff and you're sabotaging that. I'm not even going to have that because these kids need us to show up like this. They need us to be the best that we can be. And so that's, I would let that fire that you're feeling that you're going to snap on someone and tell them how it is. You need to have that conversation with yourself and let that fuel you so that you can go have these important conversations, not just conversations that are going to make us feel better, conversations that are gonna help us to do better. Because when we snap on people, that often makes us feel better, but doesn't make anything better. It doesn't make that teacher stop doing it. It just makes you look unhinged. So it's finding a way to take that energy, take that anger, take that, that, whoo, man, that feeling that you get and direct it at the right thing so that you are helping the situation and not hindering it further. So that's what I would do.
1: Um, and my other part of the advice, because of the comments that she's put in the comment section, that she's went to the principal, she's a little bit afraid to do some follow-up stuff because she doesn't want to get legal a problem. Um, man, if you've done all, a lot of those things and suggestions that even CJ has suggested, I would say find a new school because it's just not- If different- you
0: have the ability and you're with weak leadership that's not helping you, because this goes back to what we're talking about, right? It's not supporting teachers, I don't want to be a part of an unsupportive environment. And guess what? I'm not married to this job. I'm not married to this school. So
1: you can be married and, to still helping kids and supporting kids and leave a job. But right? even that, you have right? to remember that they're everywhere. Kids yeah, yeah. are everywhere in kids, all schools.
0: And 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 because that's the hard thing, right? Is it's what if I'm kill. leaving the students. Mm-hmm. But I am telling you now, when I was in Camden, New Jersey, I thought I'd never teach anywhere. I never want to teach anywhere else. And I love those students to the extent that I still see and speak to them regularly. Mm-hmm. Um, well, as soon as I got to West Philadelphia, man, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Kids that need te- good teachers are everywhere. They're in rich schools and poor schools. They're in, they're in rural areas and in and, and cities. They're in, they're all over the place. So what, where do else do I need to be, and then going there that you feel like you're cared for and supported? Oh man, yeah. And then watch what your teaching does. Then you you will, you man, you'll surpass even the great stuff you're doing now because you feel cared for.
1: Yeah. Because I'm then so protect your piece. If, like, if you know Fact. that you're going to be out at the end of the year and you've tried all of those things, then it's preservation. You have to preserve you and your piece so you can show up still for your students for the remainder of the year. And so I think that that's really important. If you decided that that school's no longer a good fit for you and you're going to move on, it's like, man, the rest of the year, you have to protect you. Yeah. So you can still just show up for your students, but ultimately you have to protect you. Fact. Um, Best of luck. Yeah. Another one. Uh, I do. I think
0: <laughs> I do. I'm about the sing uh, in a second. I'm gonna sing. Made a song. new
1: ministries. Right. Um, asking any advice for a classroom that is out of control. I am their second long term sub. I just came in in
0: March. So the tricky part with this is if you can imagine, and, and this is the, right, we'll make it the simple version. There was a teacher. That teacher left for some reason, right? Probably wasn't good. I mean, every once in a while, like someone had a baby and they wanted to stay home full time now, something like that. But it's like something happened and these students have it's like there there's consistency and then there's a lack. Then we get a long-term sub. Maybe that sub's good, maybe they're not. Then they leave, bam, we got the this, the third person that comes in this year. We don't know who you are. We don't know if you're staying. We don't know if you really care about us. You might say you care about us, but do your actions line up with your words? And let, and we're going to try, we're going to wait you out. I see this in students all the time where you have to actually, I feel like I have to wear them down with love. So they can hear me say I care, but am I going to, I'm going to show you I care to an extent that you're going to be like, Damn, all right, bro, Reynolds, I get it now. Like, I'm not going to, like, they, they get it. And so they stop but then they don't stop doing it with every teacher. They give the hell to all kinds of teachers in the building because they don't know if people are gonna stick around. And so I don't know what kind of school you're in, but in where I taught, you know, my students, um, I think the statistic was something about 95% of my students had uh, didn't have a father who was an active participant in their lives. Um, raised by mom or grandma, mom and grandma are constantly working all hours to try and keep the lights on, keep food on the table. Students are growing up in schools where there's high teacher turnover constantly. So there is like, there's this lack of consistency that exists in many of our students' lives. And this is not just like a, a teach in inner city thing. This could be students at any school. If you're dealing with students that have a lack of consistency in their lives, there's no, there's no reason. They don't see or feel any reason for them to do well. So what I would do is try and become as masterful around your content as you can. It is holding kids accountable. It is not having a million rules, but but helping students to, because when we have rules, that is like as a young person, I know as the you know 17-year-old punk rock reynolds, like when it, I was just like trying to find ways around rules all the time. I wasn't necessarily like a buck the system like out loud, but I was like, I'm gonna find a way to not do this. If you can if you can help students connect why these last three months of school are so important. To who you are, to what you want to become, we can connect. Who you want to be to this moment right here, then I can help you draw a line from where we are right now to where you want to go. Now there's tr- now there's belief. Now there's a vision of why this is actually important to me, right? So, um, you know, I'm just going to go off your name real, right here, like. But made new ministries. If we're talking to people about learning the Bible because I said so. As opposed to this is the Bible is like the daily instructional guide of who I am called to be and how I can get there. And I can take something from the Bible, connect it to someone's life, and say, if you do this, you can have this, or you can be this, or you're walking more like this. Now it's like, oh snap, like this actually matters. So let me dive more into this. Let me learn more of life's lessons through through what God has created here. And then you're really like now, now it's like you're growing, but there's a but there's a correlation, there's a connection between what I'm reading and studying and learning every day in this book and who I want to become. We have to do the same things with with school. We have to help kids to see that what we're doing right now actually matters and not because it's on the test, not because you're gonna see it next year, not because you have to know this as an adult. That's no no kid cares about that, but do you want to take care of your mom? Do you want to be able to own your own business? Well, as a matter of fact, if you don't know these few principles, you're gonna be a poor business owner. Um, and here's why. I'm connecting what kids' dreams are to what is happening in the classroom at any given moment and then never, ever, ever give, giving up. You're in a difficult position right now because you are the third leader that these kids, have, and maybe not even leader, right? They might just have managers before. We're showing up trying to lead, this is a difficult transition for you. Um, So the other thing is don't look for just the kids that are being the worst. You have to look for the kids that are floating under the radar. Show up tomorrow, find a kid that thinks that they're invisible and let them know that they're visible and then repeat, 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 repeat.
1: All right. We're going to answer this last one because I skipped over it. This was the one I was looking for. I knew that there was one I missed. Um, drifts to gaming is asking, do you know of any teachers who left the profession for tech jobs or computer programming? How did it work out for them if they had no degree or prior experience? Uh, I
0: did. So as a matter of fact, like since we all went online during COVID, um, I mean, our business did really well over COVID because all these companies need to be in education space five minutes ago and I was going to be able to bridge that for them so I do have buddies that like have left my job and went and worked for like different tech companies like building apps um all different kinds of stuff because they needed someone with that educational expertise to help them build out what they were doing um look some people loved it some people realized didn't realize how unhappy they were but you know some folks realize very quickly and some took a little bit more time to realize that like that wasn't fulfilling to them right so it's about what is that thing to to me it's about what is that thing that you feel like you are put on earth to do and then doing that i don't think we get passions on accident i don't think they just show up i don't think like if i had started putting cars together with my dad when i was younger i'd want to be a mechanic i think that there's some sort of internal driving factor there's a reason that you've been born and this might be a little bit more woo woo than Anyone needs, but like there is, a, there is the you've been put here for a purpose, and so what is that purpose? When we're in our purpose, or I think that's where our passion comes from. Um, then we're in sync, and then we're doing great work. But there's a hundred things on the planet I could do. I could even do them well, but I know they're not going to give me that sort of like internal satisfaction of knowing that this is what I've been given to do uh, on Earth. So I've had people that have like dealt with. I had a tricky time with that too because they miss students, they miss teaching. Uh, They didn't want to sit in a cubicle all day. And so that that played a part too.
1: I would say if you're not in our Facebook group to go in and ask as well, because that's a really great space. And you have a lot of people who are returning, like teachers who are leaving the a lot of people still in, in transition, even in that Facebook group, people yeah. who are currently teaching that are looking to go out, people who've already went out and joined our Facebook group five years ago when it started. Like, yeah. there's such a variety of people in there. You might be able to find someone to help answer that. Yeah.
0: And I'll t- it's 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 a tricky thing to deal with, too. I'll say last year, we talked to a number of very large companies that wanted me to come on board. Um, And it's, it's man, it's sexy. You see that. You see that dollar amount and all the extra stuff that comes with it. And you can work from home and you can work when you want to. And it's this much money with all these other perks that are going on and stuff like that. You're like, man, shoot. Like we work with no perks at my school for this much money. It's, it is very, very attractive. But to me, it comes down to, am I fulfilled? And am I doing the work I've been given to do? Um, and I don't think you have to sacrifice one for the other. And that's a whole nother conversation. I think that's going back to seams question earlier about like, how do you do stuff like this and like, and, and make money at it? Um, that's a whole nother deal. But um, yeah, but if you can do that and you feel, you feel that fulfillment, look, you're not beholden to anything. Like go live your life that, you know, and that's what I love about this channel. It's like, it's... I, We're all trying to figure this out. If you want to do this work, then we're going to help you try to figure it out to the best of our ability to help you be the teacher that you're called to be. Um, But if you feel like that calling changes at some point, right, don't feel no, don't feel no, don't feel any shame about that. Like you are, if you're called to do something different, then by all means, that's like you do it. Um, We're a
1: prime example of that, right? This channel started, what, six or seven years ago? ago. And seven years ago, you were in the classroom and loved your school. Yeah, because when you look at old content of how with the kids and how happy it's like, that was such a good time. It wasn't work. problem free by any no, means, no, no. you know, within the school and, and the space of education is difficult to navigate already. There's tons of problems, but overall it was great and healthy, but look at how we've switched. You're not in the classroom. You're not at that school. You're not connected to that yeah. school anymore. And we do, we do something completely different still and in the vein, but
0: wildly fulfilled, right. incredibly excited to do the work that I get to do. Andy on off, uh,
1: I think Not that part's office, important um, to follow. Parks and
0: Rec one time said, "As I think of the good old days, right? Like mm. when I was at BL, and it was like, man, those were the great times." He's like, he said one time in an episode, "If I just know that the good old days were the good old days, <laughs> I would have just liked them. I would have like been more appreciative." <laughs> but you just don't. So true. No, you don't. Know, right? you, know, you don't. It's like, so it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but look, Yang. My best to all of you. If you're going on spring break this week, we my daughter goes half day Thursday off Good Friday in the week after Easter. My gosh, Um, so close. Some people like uh the podcast I was on today. Um, Ryan is going back tomorrow. They had spring break last week, which is crazy. So I know it's kind of all over the place. But my best to you, please take it and and soak up all the goodness that you can. Don't spend your whole break like doing grading and, and doing stuff. If you have to do it, set a time for yourself, set like a, a set parameters around it and, and let that be the time. But, um,
1: not the day, not I'm going to spend Saturday or Thursday, but, but it could
0: be, but have hour limits like I'm going to work from set so I get up early so I work better in the morning. If it's I'm going to work from 5 a.m. to 11, that's six hours, but make it a concerted effort. Don't be doing half other dozen other things at the same time, right? I'm working six hours, I'm going to do this, 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 and that's it. And then I'm going to enjoy and soak up all the goodness of the rest of my break. So
1: I agree. John Lopez said uh, spring break should be two weeks rather than one.
0: Yes. But I also think that Maybe uh, a week and a half. John Lopez should be the secretary of education in America so, <laughs> or the world. I don't know. Right, but guys. good. Yeah. Cool. Gang, we will not be here next week because it's Easter Sunday. So we take off, but we will see you the following week. Um, and I look forward to it. Yeah. It, and hit the
1: like button. That's what Steph said to
0: do. Yeah. Please the hit comments. the like button because it'll, it just helped. It just helps us out. That's it. Thanks, Steph. Um, that's it gang. See you in a couple weeks. Peace. Peace.